welcome to Retreat Affairs. This is your host Sascha Kaus. I'm super happy that you have found the podcast. If you're hearing this, you're listening to our free feed that will only feature partial episodes of the podcast. If you're interested in the full conversation and all content, you need to subscribe at retreataffairs.com. There, you will get access to the full recording and a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcatcher. And you will be able to access other subscriber-only content. I never want money to be the reason why you can't listen to the podcast. So if you can't afford a membership, there's an option at retreataffairs.com to request a free account. And I grant 100% of those requests. No questions asked. beings. Welcome to another episode of the Retreat Affairs podcast. Today I welcome Vivi Letsu and Eraj Shakib. Vivi and Eraj built Zen Rocks Mani, a stunning retreat center in the Mani region in the western Peloponnese of Greece. It's a dream come true and they both have a wonderful story to tell of how they found the love for each other and how they followed Vivi's dream to return to her homeland Greece after living for more than 20 years in the US and build a retreat center where she could share her love for the practice with people from all over the world. But before we get to hear more from Vivian and Raj and their wonderful love story, I want to start this episode of the podcast with a little bit of storytelling myself. Sure, this episode, like all the other episodes that have been released yet, bears a lot of personal experience and connection. But while the previous episodes featured guests that came into my life already some time ago, this episode is very recent and everything is still fresh and not yet fully absorbed and integrated. I recorded the interview with Vivian Eraj on the last day of the very first retreat that I have joined after the lockdown and all the effects that came into place since the coronavirus has affected a lot of what we have called our normal way of living. This was not the usual retreat in the sense that I or someone else had planned it with the intention of creating a commercial retreat. It was born out of the idea and courage of a few old and new friends to come together, spend time, practice, enjoy summer, good food and virtuous company. In the beginning, it wasn't clear where the retreat would take place. Spain or Greece were possibilities. Due to the fact that Spain saw more and more infections again and some regulations that affected the possibilities to travel to Spain, we decided to go to Greece. For most of us, it seemed like the safer and easier one of the two locations. And then rocks looked like a wonderful place to go to. And Betty, the teacher in this week, was living in the area, which meant the group would not just have an amazing teacher, but also have the perfect guide to the part of Greece that we would travel to. For myself, it meant a few extra challenges. While I had been to the place in Spain, I had never been to Zenrox in Greece. So I had to travel from Spain to Greece to a place that I didn't know, not being able to bring my regular equipment and ingredients to cook for a whole group, and trust in what I would find there and my own capabilities to create healthy and nourishing food with whatever I would be given. It also meant that I had to go on my first air travel since February when I returned from Bali. And this time, it required me to get tested for the virus, as this was a requirement to be able to enter Greece. Plus, there were no direct flights and I had to go through different airports, in my case, through Germany. I won't give you all the little details, but it was challenging. 
The test itself was a truly unpleasant experience. If you don't have to get it, I wouldn't recommend it like I recommend you to get a regular test for your vitamin and mineral levels. After a day and a half waiting for the result, not knowing if I would be allowed to go, the test results came and turned out negative. So I was ready to go. Being on a plane with a mask wasn't a pleasant experience either. Mostly, it felt strange to interact with all the different people on the journey, not being able to exchange a smile. Since I had only 72 hours to enter Greece after the test, I got afraid that I wouldn't make it in time when I missed my connection flight in Germany and had to spend the night in a hotel. Luckily, I got a new flight to Greece and made it there more or less in the allowed time. But at my arrival, nobody asked me for my test results. You might argue that this is not the time to travel through the world to do yoga. Especially by plane, going from one country with higher numbers in cases to another country that seems to have managed the situation somehow better. We can't have that full argument right here, right now, but I'm happy to have it with you wherever we meet or connect. What I can tell you here and now is that I have trust in life to show me where I need to be and what I need to do. There were many challenges that I had to overcome to go on this journey and I admit that I had my doubts if it would be the right thing to do. But I decided to trust and take one step at a time. And with every step and persistence towards a goal without pushing or forcing anything, life unfolded. I was shown that it was okay to go. That every challenge that was put in my way was there to test if I was really ready to go. And when I finally arrived where I wanted to be, and in every moment that I experienced throughout this week and with every encounter I had, I knew I was where I needed to be. Throughout the last few years, I had the privilege to be able to host retreats, be invited to others to cook and attend a few deep and transformative journeys myself. My own travels and experiences have also shown me that there's a deep wish inside myself to find a home to build a place that I can call home and invite others to spend time with me. I enjoy being a host for others. It gives me great pleasure to cook and care for my guests and spend time with them and share life. Creating a space where this is possible permanently and not just for a week of retreat is a dream of mine. I enjoy hosting people and bringing them together and facilitate a space where they can practice, connect and spend time in the search for the divine within themselves because I see it as a wonderful practice to put myself at service towards the practice of others. When I come together with others, I can learn so much about myself. And this brings me to my guests of this episode, Vivi Letsu and Deracha Keep. Vivi and Deracha are doing what I want to bring into my life and maybe some of you feel the same. The two have dedicated their lives towards creating community. They built Zen Rocks Mani, a wonderful retreat center in the Western Peloponnese in Greece. You'll find the website for Zenroxmani at zenroxmani.com. You'll find them also on Instagram at zenroxmani or on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash zenroxmani retreat. The retreat center was not their first project. Before they were able to realize their dream, they created two other places that helped them to build their community. Vivian Raj opened Nisi, that's N-Y-S-Y, one of the leading yoga and Pilates centers in Greece and they have opened Avocado, one of Athens' first vegetarian restaurants. I have been there and I can say the food is delicious. This episode is also a love story. 
the love story of Vivian and Raj, who found each other and followed their dreams. It's a love story that is truly inspiring. Not only if your dream is to open a retreat center, but also how dedication, hard work and true love for what you're doing can bring your dreams into life. I truly enjoyed the conversation with Vivian Arach and I hope you will enjoy it as much as I did. It's time to say Kalimera Vivian Arach. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for taking the time. Um, what a beautiful place you've created here. Um, absolutely amazed uh, about Sand Rocks. When did this idea come up the first time to create a retreat center here in Greece? Vivi, do you want to take that on? Or? I will say a couple of things and sure. you can add if you want to. So, Iraj used to live uh, in the United States, in California, around San Francisco. And um, I used to live in California, in San Francisco. And um, we met, and um, we had both been living in California for 20 years. And when we met, I told him my dream, which was to go back home to Greece. and. Uh, have a healing center, or a retreat center, or a meditation center, with a yoga as well, an exercise. And uh, what happened for you then, Iraj? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the story that uh, when we met, uh, Vivi had already um, in mind that she wanted to come back to Greece and create a... Uh, she was part of the uh, San Francisco Zen Center and uh, attended a lot of retreats through the San Francisco Zen Center alongside of other retreats that you'd gone to. And um, I was working for a high-tech company, and I was ready for a change in my life. Met Vivi, and uh, it seemed like we were both on the same page as far as what we wanted to do. And um, yeah, ended up in Greece, and the dream has come true, and uh, we get to um, um, serve and take care of people. And so this was right from the beginning, like right when you met, you said, okay, this is what I want to do. So you like, somehow knew what was the plan to go for. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, That's yeah, how and, it felt and, for me, yeah. And like when we met, I was already, we were already in the United States for 20 years. And his intention was to stay in the United States. I mean, they were a family from Iran. His whole family was in California. For me, my, most of my family was in Greece. I'd already, um, I was working as a filmmaker and kind of like pursuing that dream for a long time. And I felt that that, was like, that came to a completion and that now I was ready to move on from making my films, which was like the big passion of my life, to doing something that actually helped to, um, to help other people to heal and to find practice and to find what they were looking for. And because my years in the United States were not easy, and being a filmmaker was not easy, there, was a lot, there were lots of ups and downs, and so what always saved me was the community, the Sangha, the meditation, the Zen community, my practice, Zen and yoga, 
And so it was the time to go from like serving my own dream and purpose, which was the passion of for film, to um, serving others with the ability to uh, have a good way to practice, a good, good practice. And so that's, um, that's how we met. And it took a couple of years more where we lived in the United States and other things happened and we weren't ready to go. So then after 22 years in the United States in 2004, at the end of 2003, 2004, we came to Greece and we could not um, make reality of our dream. We could not make it a reality yet for several reasons. I, you know, my father had a heart attack and we had to stay in Athens and we didn't have the money yet to get going. So we ended up staying in Athens, even though it was not our initial intention. And as we stayed in Athens, we opened up the first real, like modern yoga and Pilates studio. And we became an academy that was training wonderful uh, yoga and Pilates teachers. And that kind of blossomed. That was like an unexpected great success. So that's what we did. From 2004, we opened Nisi uh, in the heart of Athens. Uh, it was a big meeting place for people who wanted to practice yoga and Pilates, pe people who wanted an education, and uh, great teachers from all over the world would come, and they would, they would um, offer um, teacher trainings and workshops, and we did conferences. So that, you know, that, that whole thing... Uh, took all of our attention and all of our time for years uh, from 2004 and then 2011 was when Irads opened the first real successful vegetarian restaurant in Athens, Avocado. Let me just get back to the US. So you've been working in the film industry. What did you do there? So um, I was working for a, a f the film um, industry for like about 15 years. And so my, the bread and butter job was that I would direct and produce corporate videos in Silicon Valley for advertising agencies and high-tech companies. And the love part of that was that I would make my own films, short films, feature film called Skeleton Woman, documentary films, uh, political documentary films, and I would work in film festivals. So, uh, Thessaloniki Film Festival, I would go every year and work um, in that, and the Telluride Film Festival. And so, it was a very wonderful uh, dream and passion, and I felt like, after working on it for many years, and with how difficult it was, it was I. It came the time to um, like choose to um, to go for uh, things like yoga and meditation, Zen meditation, that nurtured and supported me, and then I wanted to share them with other people. And how was your first contact with yoga and meditation? How did that happen? I was always curious ever since I was a kid, growing up in a small town in Greece. Um, I would go to the local library and I found a book on Buddha and uh, Carlos Castaneda and so I was very interested and there was no way to have more access to it when I was growing up as a teenager but that was part of the reason I wanted to travel 
and I went to the United States at the age of 17 to study. And um, almost immediately I started exploring yoga and meditation. And then when I was um, in San Jose, California, and I graduated from the theater department from my master's in theater, I started to um, dance school, and there were dances from all over the world, Brazilian, African dance, tango, capoeira, and we had yoga there. And so I started learning the Iyengar system from an Iyengar yoga teacher and the Vinyasa system from Kali Ray, who was, she called it tri-yoga, and it was a flowy type of yoga. So it wasn't going to be my job, but it was the thing that really supported and healed my body and gave me um, wonderful release and wonderful way to maintain balance in my body and mind. So it was, it was, I always felt gratitude for the yoga. And Iraj, how was your background? What's, what's your story? What took you to the U.S. or did you grow up in the U.S.? And um, Yeah, basically it's not as exciting as Vivi's, but... Um... Yeah, I, um, we left Iran when I was 15 for um, um, holidays. And while we were in England, all the turmoil that was happening in Iran, the revolution, of course, and things were changing rapidly, um, the family decided that I should stay behind. So I ended up in a uh, boarding school in uh, Brighton what in England. What, what were the years? That was the end of 78 or mid-78, yeah, summer, summer of 78. And um, lived in uh, Brighton for three years. And after that, um, my um, family decided that they wanted to move us to the United States. So my sister joined me and we um, got an opportunity to travel to U.S. and go to school there. So my older sister and I ended up in the U.S. And then my mother came. Uh, then my father came 10 years after that. And your younger sister. Uh, my younger sister with my mother, absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's how we ended up in the U.S., going to school, um, getting our degrees. Um, I studied accounting, business and accounting, business administration and accounting. Ended up working for an accounting firm in L.A. Um, and later, as um, the Silicon Valley was booming, uh, we ended up in Northern California and uh, Greece. Uh, so I was in, uh, sorry, in Northern California, uh, in San Francisco, and I uh, kind of was setting the stage to meet Vivi, I guess. It was all happening so that we can meet. Um, then I worked for a high-tech company for years. Um, the money was great, but there wasn't much satisfaction in what I was doing. And I think that... Um, I was searching. I knew that I needed something different. And through Vivi and her lifestyle and what she was doing, um, I um, really wanted to be a part of it. I really like how you say you were setting up the stage to Vivi. Was it, is it something how you always have seen? I believe meeting? in that. Absolutely, I believe in that. Because there were so many opportunities in my life to um, maybe... Uh, be somebody else's partner or marry someone else. And it's just for whatever reason, it wasn't happening. And um, I do believe in that. I believe in happenstance. And I believe that uh, it's kind of, if we want it, uh, it's there for us. We just have to be a little patient with it and, and trust. 
So how was your first meeting? When did you meet? <laughs> she will tell you about that. It was very hard to uh, convince Vivi to, uh, to uh, come out on a date with me. <laughs> but I was persistent. And, uh, okay, so you, you, you saw her and you always wanted to take her out and it took you a while, a while to yeah. convince her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Persistence paid off, good looks, good yeah. manners. The fact that uh, when Iraj, we'd met years, years ago, and then again we reconnected through a common friend of ours, Helga, our dear friend Helga, Armenian-Persian lady. And so the second time, um, I was already on a trajectory to come back to Greece. I was brokenhearted from, you know, the film industry kind of like lynched me. and. Um, broken dreams and heartbroken from previous relationships and so my trajectory was to like no relationships and just you know go back home and be with my family and do something for my people and so when we met of course he's mr charming and i like i was working working trying to get ready trying to do everything that i had to do with the documentary that i was finishing up and um, sent me an email, and I, I broke my back. I had an injury, a back injury, working in an art show. And then I was just in my house um, working and feeling the pain, and Irad sent one of these wonderful emails, let's go out to dinner, let's go out for a movie. And my first reaction was to say no, and then I said, Vivi, what are you going to do? It's going to be one more day where you're home all day working in the computer and uh, feeling pain. So why not just go out, take a break. It won't be the end of the world. You can still get things done and just go out. And I said, okay, fine. Let's go to dinner and then to a movie. And Irad shows up in his beautiful black Audi mm -hmm. and uh, flowers on my doorstep. Wow. And every time he would come for a date, he would come with flowers. He was a real gentleman. So how could any woman in her right mind refuse such a, a handsome, kind, just really wonderful young man who shows up with flowers on your doorstep and opens the door for you and closes it too? <laughs> open it again and close it again. <laughs> So when you, when you met, when you started dating, when you started going out, did you already know that she was about to go home, that she wanted to go back to Greece? I think so, yeah. I think our, well, our first date was very interesting. Vivi mentioned that she had a bad back, so basically we ended up in a restaurant and the whole time she was standing and eating and I was sitting down. <laughs> so it was an interesting first date. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I said, yeah, she's different, she's alternative and... Uh, yeah, I think within a matter of um, weeks, um, she had explained to me that this is what's happening, that she has in mind to go back. And um, I really wanted to give it a chance and try it. And whatever would happen would happen. But uh, yeah. So it was something that you really considered doing. Okay, I'm ready to leave the country um, for the woman that I love. Yeah, I didn't have much ties and I knew that I wanted to the US and I knew that I wanted a change and um, and this was a great uh, opportunity to um, to to be a part of it and I said yeah absolutely you know just be fearless and go for it 
so and then when when did like did you first do something like a trial trip to Greece or um, we did, did you the just first decide? Year, yeah, the first year we came, uh, first year we met, we came for a holiday, and that was around September. We went around the Greek islands. I met uh, Vivi's mother and father, and uh, basically we couldn't communicate since since they didn't speak uh, uh, English and I didn't speak Greek. Uh, but they were just uh, very warm, beautiful people. So they embraced us uh, and embraced me and uh, felt really good about it. And then when we went back to the U.S., we planned to come back. So we were getting ready. And I came to Greece before Vivi did uh, because she was finishing up her, um, her documentary. We had uh, the premiere of our documentary premiere. in New York. So I ended up in Greece in the end of 2003, basically living with her parents without being able to communicate. <laughs> but it was, it was a lot of uh, interesting times and we had a good time. And uh, I was kind of looking around for uh, the studio uh, that we wanted to, um, to build. So um, dealing with a lot of people, uh, real estate agents and things like that. And Athens was brand new to me. So it was exciting, exciting in a way that I was getting to explore Athens a little bit. And Vivi, on the other end, in America, was already building the website for our studio without even knowing where it's going to be. So we were both working on it. So the vision was coming through and I knew it, it's, it's going to happen. I felt good about it. So this was already a plan. You left the States, yeah. going to Greece, knowing that you wanted to open a studio here in Athens and teach yoga. And Yeah, well, first, we, the retreat was our dream. But it, was, it wouldn't be realistic to start with the retreat because we didn't have the money. We didn't know where. We didn't have a clientele, we didn't have background in this business. And then there was just the way things happened, it seemed obvious to us that we would probably start with opening up a yoga studio in Athens. And so, yeah, we hit in 2000, end of 2003, beginning of 2004, we hit the road running, as they say. And yeah, it was perfect. It was really a good thing. Everything worked out. And then opening up the yoga studio, um, so it was you teaching, and what was your job? I was in. Uh, I was managing in, uh, in reception. Basically, it was the two of us. We was teaching. I don't know five, six classes a day. Twenty-two classes a week. Twenty-two classes yoga, a week. Yoga, Pilates. Whether it was one person or ten. Private. People, she was there. Doing massage. And uh, yeah, I was managing uh, with my uh, uh, with 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 the limited. Uh, uh, language skills that I had in, in Greek, um, but people were, you know, so open-minded and, uh, and the good thing about Greece is that it did help is that most Greeks do speak English, so it's a, easy to communicate. Um, but one thing I wanted to say was that every job that I did in my life, and I think Vivi, with all the pain that we went through and all the um, uh, kind of um, uh, not being happy in the environment, we learned a lot from that and everything came together when we opened up the studio, my accounting background, marketing, Vivi's uh, uh, producing all these events. Uh, even though at that time we were thinking, my God, I want to change things, um, they all came to help us to succeed. Everything that we learned uh, throughout our lives. So I think it was a big thing for the success of um, Nisi Studios and eventually Avocado. And then you slowly grew the studio and got more and more teachers on board or how? Yeah, I, I always loved education and I always believed in education. So when we started immediately almost, we started a yoga teacher training program. Uh, 
and a Pilates teacher training program. And I would teach the yoga teacher training program. And at the end, I would invite our good friend from San Francisco, Rusty Wells, to do the like 30 hours of vinyasa at the end. And when we were thinking about that, there weren't like, there was hardly any programs like that in Greece and even in the United States. Like in the beginning, Rusty said, what, do you want to, want me to teach what in 30 hours, teacher training? So it was kind of like his beginning with teacher trainings as well. But somehow there was always, for me, the inspiration of the next step was always like a seed that was already there. So as we did that, that seemed to be the need that people needed, that kind of training to become really good yoga teachers and really good Pilates teachers. So we kind of filled that need that was already there. And with all like, our wholehearted effort, we were working really hard. So, but it happened, it happened, it just blossomed. Yeah, and we have a lot of gratitude for Rusty to help us out and he was very open-minded about it. Really, um, was, we were working like a family. And a lot of teachers who came, they felt that too. So really good connections with a lot of great teachers bringing their own talent and really trying to help us out, get it off the ground. And, and all the friends, like teachers, you know, like Petros, whom you know as well, yeah. Petros Hafenrichter, he's been coming every year, offering workshops and like part of teacher trainings. Um, yeah, we just had Sue Elkind and Naeem Jizani from the Anusara community, Desiree Ramba, and you know, from the Pilates community, we had Raya Lisakowicz from Basi Pilates. Back then, Basi, now Basi is like the leading Pilates Academy. And they are in like 44 countries. They have studios and affiliates and franchise or licensees everywhere. And when I went to Serial in California, we, we were like some of the first countries to have a franchise outside of the United States. And so it was like Greece was one of the first places to have this wonderful, wonderful high-quality Pilates educational program outside of Rails base. So things just like happened with really great people who supported us and we supported them. And therefore, the people who came, they benefited. And at the time when you opened the studio, was there already uh, a community, a yoga community, a Pilates community in small, Athens? Small community, no. yeah. There were <clears throat> certainly teachers teaching uh, yoga, there were a couple of studios, uh, but not to that uh, level in the sense that they weren't inviting um, teachers and, they, and they weren't, uh, the Greeks were not exposed to other teachers from abroad. So I think the yoga seminars and festivals that we did really brought the community together and uh, the people who have been practicing for years, including people who weren't practicing, they were new to yoga, um, came and really embraced it. So. I think the seminars were a big thing. The festivals yeah, were a big thing. There was good yoga happening. There was already a very deep community of Satyananda yoga and the Satyananda ashram, which is in Sparta, close to the airport. There was that, but it's just that it wasn't the, the big appeal for most Athenians. So there was that. And there were other teachers that were really good and dedicated, and they had students for many years. But to have a center in this uh, in a studio in the center of Athens where people just go and in the contemporary sense of a yoga studio I think ours was like yeah. really the first one and it opened the door 
for for people to come and train as teachers and to open their studios in yoga and Pilates and also for other systems. It I just it, it was the um, it was the time. It was like it showed that it can be done successfully, and so it was it was it was a good thing. It was a green light for all of us. Mm. And then at some point you went on another adventure and opened a restaurant in Athens. Yes, Garage. yes. Um, a good friend of ours, Petros, uh, I think uh, uh, I was, um, I think 20 years ago, it's been 20 or maybe, uh, I don't know how long ago, uh, with um, Petros, we were having a seminar and he was talking about um, how we can create less harm. Through Rusty, we talked about all this. So I became a vegetarian, just being in that environment and learning about what's happening. And I really wanted to try something. I wanted to try something, not just for my own health, but as more of a compassion towards beings, other beings. So I became a vegetarian, and um, uh, at the beginning, obviously, it was very hard, but uh, stuck with it. And then I felt like there was a need um, to um, introduce international cuisine, vegetarian cuisine, in Greece. And Vivi at that time was doing a three-month uh, practice period in, uh, at the Zen Center San uh, in, in San Francisco. Um, and I had this idea with a good friend of ours to open up a restaurant. At the beginning, we thought maybe just a juice bar because there's just so much involved in creating a restaurant. And uh, so they went from a juice bar to a menu, to full menu, to chefs visiting and helping us out. As they say, build it and they will come. We had the idea. Um, we had a good community around us. And Vivi from afar was really helping us out. Anytime she could get on the phone, she would get on the phone and help us out. And um, really just the support that we got from the community. And a good friend of ours, Alessandro uh, Ortano, who's an Italian chef, also a yogi. Ortonia. Ortonia, sorry. Um, he, um, uh, he was open to it, and through talking to Vivi, Vivi convinced him to come and help us create a menu, and we worked together, and next thing you know, we have avocado, and people came, and uh, uh, Penelope, uh, a good friend of ours, came and created so many different dishes with uh, juices, and just incredible support. Penelope Shakti. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and like Avocado Now is a restaurant that everyone knows, that's well-loved. People are like, they get together for parties in New York and they say, I've been to Athens. Oh, I've been to Athens too. Wow, Avocado. Yeah, I know the people. Oh, it's, it's my best friend, my best, you know, body. And so it's, it's kind of like, uh, what's interesting is like how you can I'm going to, I want to share the beginning of it because I want to share with the people that when you have a dream and when you believe it and when you do it for the right purposes, don't listen to what other people say. Go ahead and do it. It can be done. It will be done. So um, you actually, uh, the incident with Petrus and you becoming a vegetarian was about 14 years ago. Yeah, about 14 years. Yeah. And so Avocado started about 10, uh, 10 11, years ago. Yeah. 2011, yeah. In 2011. So in 2010, my father passed away, and I was really, really close to him. And um, I needed to get away and find my, that whatever the healing process was. So I left back for California, 
for the, the San Francisco Zen Center has a monastery in the country, in the mountains. It's called Tassajara. It's a beautiful place. It has a river and hot springs. There's no electricity. It's just no phone, no, no internet, or very little anyway through a satellite. And so that, that's my sangha, and that was my teacher. And my teacher was going that fall of 2010 to lead the practice period there. My teacher is Reb Anderson, and he's the teacher of Suzuki Roshi. You know his book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. So my wonderful teacher is gone, and it's a sign for me, this is the time to go. And it was very difficult as a first idea to leave Nisi, our, our studio, our yoga studio, because well, I was teaching so many classes and I was running the studio and he rides to all of that. Uh, but when you're determined, you're, when you're clear that you need something, when I became clear that I really need to go there, the sea parts and you can just walk. That's what happened with the support of Iraj and other teachers. Todd Tesson stepped in Absolutely. to teach for me uh, from the United States. I was able to go, and it was a, a great time, a magnificent time. Every five years, we, five days, we had a day off, and we could go to the, the phone booth, you know, it was satellite phone booth, and I would call the ride. I went, uh, he says, the, the, the place across from Nisi has become available. I think I want to open a juice bar. Okay, yeah, the juice is a healthy way to do it, and you know, some of our friends who don't have a job, they can stay there, okay. Then I talked to him days later, we're going to have food <laughs> as well, vegetarian food. I'm like, I don't think it's a good idea because we're busy with the studio. What do we know about owning a restaurant and why go and do this thing? No, he insisted. We had fights over the phone. <laughs> and he writes, Disagreements, for sure. Yeah. Disagreements. Well, disagreements, yeah. But Iraz would say, it's going to be ready in January. It was already in November. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have my friend Rama be the manager so he knows and he will do all the, the cooking and all the work. And it's going to cost 30,000 euros. And I would tell him over the phone. It's not going to be ready in January. You'll be lucky if you've been ready in May or June. Uh, Rama will do a lot of the work, but it's going to be you, who's 24-7. And uh, it's not going to cost us 30000 It'll cost us like five times as much. And he says, no, 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 you know, listen to me. I really want to do it. So, turns out, I was right. And um, they On all all levels? Eh? On yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but guess what? But I'll tell you, like, yeah. I, I was right, but I'll tell you, like, there's something else here. And that's why I said it like that. Because they opened in June. Rama was a wonderful guy, but it was a little too much for him. So Irad ended up, of course, working the 24-7. And, you know, to this day, he does a lot of the work. And it, it, it was more than five times the original yeah. budget. And, well, the initial budget was for and, a juice bar. Yeah, and we did not have the experience, and it was doing something new for us, and it, it, it was everything. And he turned, he turned out that it opened in 2011, in that crisis, when, you know, the indignant citizen um, 
uh, demonstrations were happening and Sindama was closed with 200,000 people and the police and there were fires and there were like, like all sorts of... Um, um, uh, yeah, we're right in the middle. Yeah, of all sorts of like turmoil happening. So we're right in the middle. So, but the big part is that Iraj was right too. Because, you know, what he did with so much love and dedication and not thinking about profit became our most profitable venture. And it was it's very successful. And it enabled us to kind of like uh, step into the next thing, which is buildings and rocks. And there's community around Avocado. It gives work to uh, 27 people. It's a tiny restaurant, but it gives work to 27 people. And they're really wonderful, a great team. And um, so... Yeah, through the crisis, we had a lot of support from the journalists and, and their crew would come and eat at Avocado. So we're, in a sense, uh, seeing fires around us, explosions around us, police demonstrators, and then inside the restaurant would have journalists who were on their computer just sending uh, from you know, CNN, the news from, BC, from everywhere. From BC, yeah, BBC, from all over so the world. So they really um, supported us through that period, otherwise. So another time you created the grounds for something to flourish and come up? I think it all comes from intention, like Vivi said. If you intention is to offer and I think our intention is uh, mostly offer making money uh, is part of a, a growth uh, you need it to grow there's no doubt but if the intention is to make money um, it's a very different approach and it didn't work for us uh, for us it was uh, just build it create a community and the rest will happen and it's been like that our approach to everything that we're doing and it really works there is a book called yeah. um, Ask the Why or Ask the Reason Why. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 we met with somebody in San Francisco, a yeah. business person who had a chain of really wonderful um, tea uh, cafes. Some of them. And he said, uh, Ask the Reason Why, I think it is. Ask the Why. And so it is true, the title, that you have to know the reason why you're building something. If your why is true, and it's powerful, and it's deeply uh, rooted in your heart, you will do well. Yeah. Because if you want to open up in order to make money, in order to whatever, to be successful, for us it was never that. It was never we're going to do this to make money. It was always a dream. And the dream had to do of like doing something that's good for the people. The people who work as a team, and also the people who come to, to benefit from this uh, product or our offering. So ask the reason why. And if your reason why is strong and it's clear, and if it's rooted in you wanting to do something for the benefit of all beings, then um, the oceans will part. You will be able to do it. And that's what has been happening to us. With a lot of work, it, we make it sound easy. Mm -hmm. We work day and night. You know, we haven't been able to go for a swim in some time now, and we're like mm -hmm. five minutes from the sea. We work hard, but things are happening. Things are manifesting, and in beautiful ways, like the retreat we just did together with you, Shasha, as the chef. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes, not the yes. question of what, but the question of why. Yeah. So not what I want to do, is why I want to do it. Mm -hmm. 
and you you still still both of the places are running and you've created that community and it keeps you busy all the time it does absolutely even with the uh with the team that we have i think all together maybe uh, we're a community of what 30 35 maybe more i think with the students 50 uh, but every everybody's doing their bid and they're supportive and um, and they've gotten to a place where they know what it takes but at at the same time uh, we need to be there for it uh, zen rocks now has become the focus for us a lot even though we're involved like i go back and forth between zen rocks and uh, in money and athens all the time maybe it used to be uh, four times a month that i would go back and forth but that's what it was needed now more and more uh, we're concentrating on zen rocks and building zen rocks so so zen rocks here the retreat center is like Three, three hours, three and a half it's hours a away hour from Athens. drive. I do it in two and a half hours. I don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> but some, when I tell people it's two and a half, they take some five hours to get here. Like, what do you mean two and a half? You, but, you, uh, you have it some is easy to get here. delicious bribe on your car. When you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. So at what time? I mean, you said that creating a retreat place was your initial dream. Creating Zen Rocks was your initial dream. And then you ended up first doing a yoga studio, then having a restaurant. Um, was there a time that you felt you're just gonna stay with that and not gonna create a retreat place? Not for me. No, we were always looking. When we came um, and started the studio, we started doing retreats from the first summer. Well, we opened in 2004 with the Olympics, but I mean the first summer, which was 2005 with Rusty coming to do his yeah. first retreat with us. Yeah. And we went to the island of Paros. So we would go to these islands and we would offer retreats for people to come, mainly from abroad, um, with well-known teachers or with myself. And so we would check out the islands to see where, where could we build a retreat. And so we did, we went to Paros and Mykonos and Santorini. We had retreats in Crete for a long time, yeah. for many years. And also we visited other islands. And we kept looking and not quite finding the perfect place for us. So, but early on, we found money. And the moment we came to money, we just fell in love with the place. And Irad said, honey, we found our place. Remember? Mm -hmm. When was that? When did you come here what, the first time? Uh, I, I believe we were um, through a friend of ours who had visited Mani. said, you should really check this area out. And uh, I think maybe 10 years ago, 11 years ago, maybe longer than that. Yeah, 12 years ago, we were searching around and we were uh, driving with our little red Opel with no air conditioning. And uh, it was tough to get through the heat of Mani and go around and we we're going through all the olive groves and driving around and all the locals were looking at this little red opal car and they're all wondering, what are these people doing here? Maybe uh, trying to help Google Maps or... <laughs> Anyways, we were going in and out of these olive groves and talking to people, talking to the locals, uh, trying to find the right place. We knew that this would be the area. So when you first came to that stretch of land here, or to that area i mean like this is now a beautiful beautiful retreat center it looks amazing and it's all like created so 
uh, intentionally it feels. Yeah, it's it's just wonderful. But how was it when you came here the first time? Was it just like olive trees and rocks? Pretty much, yeah. No road. Um, there was only one access to it, and it was pretty tough to get through. Uh, but with the help of, uh, like Vivi said, uh, Petros the butcher, I was in the back of his truck and Vivi was sitting up front holding the door since the door was flapping open all the time, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Anyways, he ended up bringing us here and said, this is available. Uh, it was hard to imagine at the beginning. Uh, we weren't committing to it yet because there was just nothing available here. No road, no water, no electricity. But we knew that we wanted to be somewhere uh, where we're more protected and we're not in the middle of all the, uh, uh, the busyness of uh, roads and freeways and whatever you call that. So we knew that we wanted to be somewhere where it's uh, more uh, uh, quiet. And then uh, we kept searching and searching and something kept bringing us back here. Um, and when at one point uh, we decided that this could be the right place for us, this is the right idea, and then we move forward with it. And it took a lot of time to bring it to the level we can start building. Hmm. It, it was overwhelming yeah. for us in the beginning. We didn't think we wanted to, we were scared, because we didn't really have a lot of money. And it seemed that you would need to bring roads here, and electricity, and water, and it was just like this rocky terrain with a lot of olive trees, and it seemed very inhospitable. But the land, I believe the land has a very luminous spirit, a very healing spirit, and I think she kept inviting us here. She had plans for us. We kept thinking that we need to keep looking and searching, but she just kept drawing us back here and again and again, and that's the thing again, you know, it's like the thing with Irad saying, you know, he was pursuing me in the beginning and I was saying no. And then when you surrender sometimes to the gift that life brings you and you open your stupid eyes to see what's in front of you, then the gift unfolds. And the same, you know, like now Raj, he's like my shining, my armor with my, my, my knight with his shining armor. Mm -hmm. I call him, you know, my prince. So yeah, he's like and a magnificent human being and a great man. And the same thing with the land. We didn't think it would be our, our land, but she kept inviting us and she had all these amazing gifts, this amazing power, the quietude that's here now, the serenity, the fact that, you know, you can see the, the village down there, you know, you can drive and go to the village in two minutes, but there's nobody around and there are no roads. and you can have this absolute quiet with the eagles and the owls and the stars and the sea and the horizon and this beautiful olive tree. So you're in the midst of nature and you can go swimming in a few minutes, you can go to civilization in a few minutes, but we also have this feeling of being in sacred space and in perfect quietude. And also not having the feeling of ownership. We don't feel ourselves a as owners of anything. Basically, Avocado is going to keep going uh, without us being there. Um, Nisi Studios is going to continue to keep going. We've already um, uh, basically involved uh, most of the teachers and people who have been helping to build Nisi Studios to be a part of it. Uh, and that will happen for Zen Rocks because it goes beyond us. It's not a matter of owning this place. We believe that there's going to create the community and the community will keep going and offer. 
uh, people things that they need. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. And um, when did you actually buy this stretch of land? We bought the land in 2007. And then it's one thing to buy land and it's another thing to realize like you need buildings obviously unless you will do it in tents but you need all these things and you know we weren't getting anywhere we we're telling civil engineers we would meet them and tell them what we wanted and they would like yeah yeah it's great and they weren't doing anything things were just not moving it's a it's a curious process the civil engineers are afraid of the bureaucracy and they're like yeah okay what you want to do sounds great but we don't think it can be done, but they don't tell you that. And so... So the civil engineers would have been, or they've been responsible for making Getting the this. permits, the designs ah, okay. and the permits. To make sure something like this could happen. To get the okay. designs and the permits. In that, in and and they weren't moving. And so, in like 2009, 10, I don't know when it was, 12, I, I don't remember when it was. But I paid a bunch of money. I got a little permit for, to open some roads. And I paid a bunch of money to a guy who had the big road equipment. And I said, come over. And he spent a few days here just opening roads and making um, like flat areas, two, three flat areas where we could actually stand because you couldn't walk in this land. And so this is like, okay, just giving the listeners a little bit of um, context. I mean, like, we are in what elevation here? I mean, you see, you have an amazing view around. Uh, you can see the Mediterranean. You can see um, all of the surrounding nature and landscape. It's like really, really far, but we're quite high. And it's just like, it's, 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 yeah. it feels like just being on a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, we're on a hill. We're 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 on a seven-minute drive basically to the beach and a twenty-minute drive to Cardamili, which is a beautiful um, uh, town by the sea. Uh, but at the same time, when you're up here, you feel like you're thousands of kilometers, so to speak, away from all this, which is wonderful to have both. Uh, when people come here, they go, "Wow, you know, this is just the most uh, serene, quiet, beautiful place to practice and be." And I'm really sleeping well at night, and it's cool at night up here. And within seven minutes, um, I'm at the sea and uh, great tavernas here. So, yeah, it's just uh, having the access. We didn't know that we can have another access, to be honest with we you. We have a road now. We opened up another road that goes towards the sea and towards Kalamata. So, which means you can be by the sea in six, seven minutes, and then you can be to Kalamata in 20 minutes. So, in a way, it's like beautiful access to beaches and Kalamata and other wonderful archaeological places to visit. Yeah. But what, then again, I'm going to make the same point that I made again twice, I think. And that is that um, when your vision becomes clear, stop waiting for other people to give you the green light. Because they will not. They may not. So nothing was giving us the green light. Civil engineers talking, 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 nothing moves. Going, you know, to different uh, offices, government offices, nothing moves. Nothing moves. Nothing. Whether we had money or didn't have money, nothing wasn't moving and we didn't know why. And maybe they could understand that we don't have a lot of money and so they weren't bothering with us, I don't know. But what opened it is, you know, I got the contractor, you know, I gave him a bunch of money and I said, open it up, make it accessible. And I was here with my car 
10 days, just waiting for him, and it opened up. And the moment the roads opened up and the flood areas were created, everything opened up. Everything opened up then. Because we were able to come here and camp, Iraz would come here and we'd camp in our tent for 10 days, and it was amazing. We had like the best time of our life. We'd go swimming, we'd sleep under the stars. Iraz would take his showers with like bottles of water. <laughs> and um, it was just really wonderful. It opened up. And then we brought the mobile home, the, this little mobile home. And like, I, I keep saying it's the only smart investment we've done. It's the only mm -hmm. smart investment. Because everything else just costs too much and it takes too long and it's too much trouble. But yeah, we had to create a base, so the mobile home really came in handy. The for mobile us to be home able to came. Plug things in and just yeah. uh, start working and, and uh, envisioning what we wanted to do here. So, and in yeah. a day, when you bring a mobile home, a used mobile home, in a day we had two bedrooms, you have pillows, mm -hmm. you have mattresses, you have curtains, you have a kitchen, you have a. Everything, right? You had, you had a, a gas stove, you had a refrigerator. So it's like, oh my God, what are we talking about? So we started living here. We got our first little yeah. kitty, our Shakti kitty. And by the time you built the first real structure here, apart from the mobile home, um, so how long did it take you to actually invite people here and create something like a retreat, have the first guests here? So yeah, then in 2015, we, we decided, okay, we're going to go for it. The permits became available. The first two buildings, which would host the first 14 people, could be built. And we didn't know if we were going to do it, but we went, like, we went for a dive. We said, okay, let's go for it. And it was kind of like darting in the dark or like not knowing what will happen. We didn't know how Greece would do financially and as, as an economy. But we also didn't know our, that our resources would hold us to, to, to finish them. But somehow, miraculously, our beautiful country made it. We have great tenacity. We, the people you know here, like the people in every country, and despite the games of the politicians and the, everybody else, somehow Greece pulled yeah. through and somehow we, we were able to finish. And so 2017, in the summer, um, the our buildings own, were done, good friend, our own, and first. our first, first retreat was uh, with our friend Arun. He's an Ayurvedic therapist and a yoga teacher. From He came from Los Angeles, but he's originally from India. We'd met in a Shiva Ray retreat in India years and years ago. And he's a wonderful, supportive friend of ours. So he came, and just days before he came, we were pouring cement, because we had the buildings, but we didn't have the... the um, the landscape was nothing, it was brown earth, and, um, and there were no, no roads. So we were pouring cement for the driveways just days before he came. And the, this beautiful, natural-looking garden now got planted with sage and lavender and rosemary and all of this. It was, we were working day and night, and then Arud showed up with his beautiful group, and that was our first retreat. And then after that, in 2017, we also had our good friend from, in, from America again, an American uh, group again, Anusara, with Sue. And so we, from the first summer, we were able to have a couple of retreats, which is what we built this place for, is to have retreats and practice. 
So how did it feel after all those years um, seeing your dream come alive? The, the, um, the um, anxiety, the agony of getting things uh, um, done has not finished. Like it's an ongoing process. We keep building. It's always there. And it's becoming more and more like we're still not at the final um, um, phase of our vision, but like the first year was beautiful just because the teachers we invited were beautiful and the groups they brought were beautiful. And so first year went well. And then the second year, 2018, we built the yoga deck. So every year we build something and we expand. First it was the buildings and we did yoga on the balconies, on the terraces, which are big enough to do yoga in with 15 people. In the amphitheater in the evening for less, less sun. So we had what we needed there. And we would cook here in this little cottage and we would eat outside under the olive trees. It was perfect, no problem. But then in 2018, we built this magnificent yoga deck with wonderful wood, African Iroko wood and nice covering on top. And we got the best team that builds um, structures like that in, in Greece. They came and they made it happen. So in 2018, we created the yoga deck. And then in 2019, we created the kitchen and the cafe where we're sitting now and eating. And that's also beautiful. It has a nice view, fully equipped, large kitchen for our groups like yours to come and cook. Beautiful, delicious vegetarian food. That happened in 2019. And then in 2020, the idea was we were going to create big tents to have the glamping type of option where somebody could come and they can stay in a tent and be comfortable and then they would be more affordable and we could host more people. But it didn't happen because of COVID. And so other wonderful things happened. Hi, this is a little note from your host. I'm super grateful that you are here and listen to our conversation. If you enjoy the show, why not become a member of Retreat Affairs? There's so much more content than in this free episode. As a member, you will get access to the full interview, you will be able to read the transcript and have the links to everything that was mentioned throughout the show. But most importantly, you will help me to keep the podcast going. I started this as a project that's close to my heart. I'm passionate about the podcast, but it also keeps me busy quite a lot. By supporting me, you will help me to dedicate more time to this project and still be able to pay my rent and have some delicious plant-based food between recording sessions. Every bit of support is super welcome. And if you feel the love, don't forget to share this with your friends. Thank you so much for your time and your interest. Let's go back to the interview. What I've experienced throughout the last week being here and um, now every, everything feels that it has been around already for a long time. I mean, it all looks brand new. It's very, very beautifully designed and built in a high quality, but still it has that kind of feeling as if it was meant to be like this and if it was 
around for a long time and has seen many 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 groups and um, yeah being in the kitchen every day <laughs> over the last few days it's uh, one of the most beautiful places that I've cooked in so far with this amazing view out there uh, onto the ocean onto the mountains and the sunset it's just incredible incredible um, so yeah I mean, you've really created something magical here um, but where, where, where do you want to take it? What do you see? I mean, also when you see there's still a kind of anxiety always coming up with this. What, are, what is your vision and what are the challenges? What I want to say, we brought up a good point, is that yes, there is anxiety. If there is anxiety without any action, then it becomes something that becomes a stalemate. You kind of, you're not moving. But anxiety in a way that... Um, when you're grounded, and it usually grounds me, is that I do most of the complaining, which is okay. But she's the one that gets it done and drives it. She's fearless about that. Like you said, from the very beginning of the project, being fearless about it, taking no for an answer, um, uh, and, and getting things done. And the next level is uh, whatever comes to us, however it grows, it's got to be organic, and it will do it. And we will take the next step, as she said. Uh, as... Uh, uh, Krishna Das came from the U.S. with a big group. We didn't have a cafe. That thing was not done. But he kind of moved us to that place where he said, okay, I'm coming with a group of 30, 40 people. Uh, where are we going to cook? Uh, we used to cook in this little cottage that we were doing the interview with you, Sasha. And then uh, we said, we need a cafe and it needs to happen. And it just happened. And people came, the whole village came together and we built it. One day before two and a half weeks. <laughs> in two and a half weeks it was built. Unbelievable miracle. Not even our engineers would believe that we could do it. That is this is the Shakti of this place. You know, this is the Shakti. And we were talking about how we've come here and what's the next plan. And I wanted to say, let's stay here in this moment. And even though we're talking about just the technical steps of building what's here. Um, the one thing that we haven't talked about and it's hard to describe is that there's an amazing spiritual power here and, and we can all feel it. And this is the most beautiful thing beyond the buildings and beyond the gardens and beyond everything is that you feel a tangible connection with the power that's beyond, with the, with the throbbing luminous power that moves all of us, and you feel it. If you, if you, like, if you just relax for a second, us, yeah. you feel it. It's tangible, and that's what—it's that power that's moving. And even though we have a purposes, and we want to do this, and we want to do that, and we've been working, it doesn't matter. Like at night, after a busy day, I walk around, and I cannot believe my eyes. I cannot believe what's here, and I'm like, wow. Look at this miracle, look at this beauty. And, I, you know, I just say thank you, you know, to this power that allows for everything to happen. And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like this land is healing. It's here to support people in their process of healing. It's here to support people in their process of finding it, the, uh, the meaning in our lives, to finding Whatever it is that will make us, that will allow us to be better human beings, it happens everywhere in the world. And it happens in a condensed way here because this land has this intention 
and we have this intention and it's kind of like a match it's a match it's like they Dogen says when the pot fits the lid what can be said about that and that's what it is we came with an intention the land has this intention everybody like you who come here we have this intention of moving ahead in challenging times finding what makes sense finding our humanity finding the reasons for our humanity the hope the love uh, the creativity everything that makes life beautiful we're finding it together and we're moving in a time when it is it is hard to bring that forth like all the forces are telling us lock up put a mask on be fearful be controlled you know and um, this this is a pocket of sunshine this is a pocket of health this is a pocket of healing of no ulterior motives there's no greediness that most displays it's just love so yes love and wisdom and light can exist need to exist and the earth does everything to support for that to happen and therefore we just enjoy we just enjoy being here it's a beautiful feeling to be here isn't it i love it i love it and i also loved being here throughout the whole week and what you just said to see how the retreat it's not in the sense it's not really like okay i'm in the kitchen i don't see everybody practicing yoga all day i'm not in the yoga class but what I see in between in retreat is how we all come together and make this happen and how we get along and how we create something. I mean, how you've created this place and, and open it up and invite others and then how we move in, but how we also find our way of becoming a family for that time. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I don't feel like going into a hotel and I expect this or that, but I come here with an intention of making myself available towards this practice, healing, the facilitation of kindness and humanity expressing itself. And that's the beauty, to be here and, and experience that. And it's, it's so much of a teaching and to see how we all come together knowingly that this is the challenge. This is what is happening within a retreat. And, and I can sense that in everybody that is here, that is working here or visiting. I mean, also now what we've created in the last week, it wasn't something that was closed to outsiders just like a small group but it was also open because you had other guests that weren't part of the group that came here to do a retreat so we are all adapting to the situation right now which is yeah somehow challenging we all don't really know like how can we go on with doing retreats and people are still a little bit I don't know, curious, scared about traveling. So everything needs to find new ways. And coming together and making that happen, that's the practice. That's why we Absolutely. do this. You have to be open to it. And um, 
we get that feeling. Even people who are hesitant, um, they're not really sure what they're getting themselves into when they show up to Zen Rocks for whatever reason. But staying here, uh, they feel the energy and the support and, uh, and, and the team that comes together. And, and leaving this place, they feel uh, energized again. And sometimes they just extend their vacation after they've been here a, a few days because they really feel that energy and they know that this is what's necessary for them. That's what's needed. And they get what they need. That's um, what we offer. And it's also not that we are... When, when this whole discussion now is, is going on about travel, like should we travel, should we travel to practice yoga? But, but it's, it's not about that. It's not just about going somewhere to do yoga. It's also about supporting local communities. It's about coming together, learning something about a culture, um, going out here, doing... I, I did my groceries. The group went out to explore the surroundings. We've communicated with the people that you employ here, that you give a job, that have a life, that have a family, that they are able to support because they have work here. So it's, it's again, it's that kind of living organism that comes together and makes things happen and makes things possible. Yeah? And... Um, I really, really enjoyed it and I'm grateful for having that opportunity and then also to, yeah, go beyond that and, and see and understand why is this happening and, and what did it take you to create this? Because, yeah, coming here, looking at it and it all looks like, hmm, this has been around forever. <laughs> But then getting to know the story behind and, and seeing how much work um, went into this. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that you made it happen and it, it just doesn't look like this. Yeah. 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 It's the practice at work. It's the practice that, you know, we practice sit down yeah. and talk about, you know, like in yoga, in Zen, in spiritual practice, you know, we talk about love, togetherness, creativity. Um, and my teacher Reb says, enlightenment is the way we support each other. Enlightenment is the fact that we are interconnected, that my own benefit is not separate from your own benefit, that if you benefit, I feel it. If you hurt him, I feel it too. And that happens in all of, in everything that exists. But here's the practice at work, you know, that we want to believe in something positive and we live it and we work for it and we, we help each other to realize that. So traveling, not traveling, what to support, what to believe. The information right now is so confusing. The world has been called to close down, to isolate, to separate. And we are in a pocket of alternative thinking. Like we are the proof that we want to believe in a positive way of life, in an uplifting way of life. Um, this is the potential of humanity, um, the potential of not just humanity, but of life. The planet is like to live with, with a good intention, to live with compassion, to live with caring to support each other, to have joy in our life, to, uh, to believe in, not in the reality that we've been told about from books, from TV, from others, in, but 
discover the reality that feels good to us, one can discover that reality here. The reality that is about life being a positive force, a positive, uplifting force of, um, of love, of awareness, of complete consciousness, of inner, inner being. So this is what it is. You know, that's what we see in the world. I'm so grateful. Every moment of my life here in the morning, at night, midday, I'm just reminded by the wonderful things that are happening that, yep, life is a miracle and it's happening right now. And human beings have this potential to be good, to excel. We have the potential for goodness and we're living it. We're manifesting it. I can't think of anything better. You know, like sometimes I walk around with our dogs or cat. I go for my daily walks. I'm joking with myself. I'm like, oh my God, what will happen if I died and I go to heaven and it's not as nice as this? <laughs> you know, that's what it feels like. It feels like the nicest heaven that could be. Even when we have challenges, even when we have hard things happening, it just feels like this is the, the greatest gift that the divine could give us. And we're living this. We're living the dream. Hey, baby. <laughs> we're living our dream, baby. Yeah. We yeah. keep living it, absolutely. And human beings are very adaptable. Together. They get through this and they will help each other out and support each other. And I think um, uh, we have a tendency uh, to put fear in things, uh, but people do find a way to come together and maybe um, work things out where it's safer, but definitely. I think we'll find a way to travel, we'll find a way to be somewhere when we want to be, and we find a way to be a part of a community when we want to be. And to grow roots, you know, to grow roots. Like, my dream is to find this wonderful permaculture or organic um, farmer, yes. somebody who really loves it because I don't have that's the time a, to do everything. That's been our toughest search, yeah. To find this like, person or people that will help us to cultivate the land more. I know we have like good eggplants and peppers and tomatoes, but to really embrace the land and let the land blossom in a way that is um, sustainable. So that's, that's the dream. But what people will find here is that they will find workshops, seminars, retreats with teachers, cooks, um, support people who are in the forefront of spiritual practice, of ways of thinking, of being, like there will be um, retreats here of yoga, of exercise, of meditation, of Pilates, writing, painting, Tai Chi, anything that helps cooking. us to cooking, everything that helps us to be healthier in our bodies, clearer in our mind, clear mind, healthy body, clear mind, and more open, more loving in our heart. So all of that is available and will continue to be available here through retreats that, are, that we teach, that you teach, that other wonderful teachers teach. The people in the forefront of this way of thinking, um, they're going to be like you came here, this magnetic power will continue to bring the, the brightest minds and the truest 
um, hearts here to share with others. This place, if somebody doesn't belong here, it has a way of spitting them out. So if somebody says, I'm practicing, this is my practice, I'm a very popular yoga teacher, I'm a very successful Pilates teacher, I'm a great meditator, can I come? Well, maybe, but then, you know, something happens, they, they, they don't make it here, they come and they're not, they don't stay here long enough. So this is a place of true intentions and true community and good teachers, good artists, and it will hopefully continue to be this bright space. It's interesting. I, I definitely have to say, when uh, it first came up to do a retreat and what we've just done with a few friends, it wasn't really a retreat that we set up as a retreat. It was much more of some friends coming together in the intention of a retreat, but also somehow knowing that it might be maybe a little bit challenging to put up a whole retreat in the sense of uh, we put it out there, we do marketing, we try to get people on board, we have a, a famous teacher, whatever. Uh, we were all a little bit um, hesitant in the sense that, okay, we cannot overdo it or we also don't know how will people react to it. So what I felt that still there was something, there was this pull. I mean, there was this offer from you to come here without having any kind of restrictions or limitations and we need a big group and we got to be so and so much people and then it was the willingness from each and one of us that that came to go here and it was quite interesting to also observe myself seeing okay um, I flew in from Spain so I gotta get tested and getting all these little challenges in the way and I feel it's again in those times now to take one step at a time and then be more certain about what you want to bring in your life what i want to bring in my life yeah really making an effort to do things and in a sense it, it so resonates also with this place hearing your story how much of an effort it took to move every little stone here zen rocks i mean like moving all these big rocks that are around to put up and build these beautiful houses and and this create this space it's it's again it's about that but then what happens is magic it's uh, it's really this is what the teaching is about and then to see how everything can unfold and i've been here i've been standing in the kitchen i've just looked out onto the ocean the sunset and i felt like yeah i felt i needed to be here i don't know why but whatever it was something was calling me and i needed to be here despite all the challenges despite all yeah maybe little doubts is it really what i want to do travel in these strange times go to another country sit on an airplane get together with people but no it's 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 really coming together as human beings and connecting with each other and learning together and um i felt there was a pull and this place was pulling me and i'm happy that i followed that pull that i didn't give give up yeah yeah we're also very happy you didn't give up and we're also <laughs> happy that the group came together and I think it was a wonderful week and uh, great food and um, great friendships were built 
And like we said, it attracts people with a lot of different types of talent. We had uh, people who played beautiful music, people who make great food, people who organize this beautifully, uh, uh, great teaching. Uh, so yeah, it's been a wonderful week. Throughout all these years and with all that you've gone through, so what would be your, your biggest learning that you had? For me, it would be trust in the goodness of our heart through um, difficulty, through challenge. A, trust. Go for your dream. Go for whatever your dharma is. So go for it. And that in going for it, we become better human beings. Maybe slowly. <clears throat> But yeah, we really believe that we, are, we have goodness in us. Really believe that with our shortcomings, with our fears, with our anxieties, with our little selfishness, still the heart is bright, the heart is goodness, the heart is love, and there's one force that shines through everything. That's the one force of the universe. That's the big awareness, the big love that flows through everything. Trust it, and if you go for your dream, this is what will be manifested in the process of working and building your dream. Yeah, I agree, and I, I believe for, for, for me, and I think Vivi might feel this as well, is the incredible amount of support that we receive from people. Uh, for me, it's the biggest thing, even though There are times where you're challenged, even though that you cannot get certain um, permits through <clears throat> the Greek government or whatever it is. But at the same time, there's always somebody there who is going to support you and is going to be there for you and help you with your vision. And it's been like that everywhere that I've been. But with this project, um, it's been incredibly um, positive in the sense that Everyone who's been around us has been supporting us in a way. So I appreciate that. Yeah. We appreciate that. And for you as a couple, what is this? For me, Vivi, um, it's just a beautiful being. I really trust everything and all her vision about uh, what she wants to create here. Um, I fully trust her and I love her very much and I appreciate everything that she's doing selfishly. Uh, self, 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 <laughs> selflessness of her, um, uh, just offering. And I'm the guy who is there in the background looking at details and doing things. And it's like a, a great team together. And I believe in her and I support her fully and she supports me fully and I appreciate that. Yeah, and like I see Iraj through everything we've been together. Uh, he blossomed as um, a human being with all the potential that he has. We love each other deeply, through and through. He makes me proud all the time. And to go from the life that he had, he was always a very kind, beautiful human being. His whole family is like that. This Persian family, I call him the royal family, because they're just so full of love and... Um, to support for each other and so it's this beautiful family and there's this beautiful man and he left California and Silicon Valley to come to for the unknown and then 
He's blossomed in supporting the yoga studio um, with all that work in like making an, a restaurant with no previous experience in restaurants just really also um, unfold and blossom and become hugely successful and give hope to others, to other people to do the same thing with vegetarian restaurants or with whatever their dream is. And then to see him here, he's working so hard. He makes, it's the perfection. Everywhere he goes, he, he like makes sure the kitchen is absolutely clean. The bathrooms are absolutely clean, the detail. So we're building, this is our baby. Uh, we are just putting everything into this baby and we love it. And we love to see people being happy when people tell us they had the time of their life and nobody wants to leave when they come and everybody tries to extend or to find a way to come back. This is our greatest joy. And so we have this child that we, that we take care of and that takes care of us and our love grows through this. And also our life is very, it's very satisfied, it's very fulfilled through building this common dream. I don't think that it could have happened in any better way. And the great challenges that we have they're great practice for us to, to remain calm, to remain steady, to keep going after it. We work well together, we really do. Uh, there is that element of, uh, like I said, uh, not holding on to grudges. Uh, Vivi's taught me a lot about that. So we don't hold on to grudges and we work well together and she's always a positive uh, uh, approach to things. And uh, yeah, and it's been a fantastic Fantastic time together so far, and it's going to be even better. Yeah, so we invite people who need um, or want to be part of this. We invite them to come. You can come and maybe even volunteer. You can come and practice. You can help us build the practice. You can help us build the place in the garden, or you can just come and enjoy, come as a teacher. You will find a nurturing environment here, a quiet, nurturing, supporting environment to do the teaching that you would like to do. If it's good teaching, definitely, we want you here. And, you know, people who just want a vacation or who just want to practice yoga, meditation, pilates, exercise, all the good things we talked about, this is a good place for you to enjoy your practice and to find the parts of yourself that need rest, that need healing, that need fulfillment, feel like really you'll be welcome here. And uh, it just makes us so happy that we can include all of you in our dream. And together, just keep sharing it. What a gift. It's, it's lovely to listen to you. It's uh, lovely to experience you both together and also the love that you have for each other through your story and how everything around us is a creation of that love and how it's manifested in that place. It's uh, very, very beautiful. And um, yeah, again, I'm super, super grateful that I'm here and that I can listen to your story, that I can share time with you that i can experience this place that um, i'm allowed and have the opportunity to bring a little bit of myself uh, into all of this 
Uh, it's amazing. It's really, really, really beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank um, you, Sasha. Thank you, Sasha. Before I close this, is there anything that you want to add? Is there anything? Um, not for me. I basically had a feeling that <clears throat> it was nice to be able to share everything with you. And I also want to add that we um, appreciated your um, love in what you do. So thank you for being here this week. And, and uh, come and visit us. Back. Your presence here was absolutely beautiful, as yummy as your food. Thank you for taking care of us. And I saw the calmness and the optimism with which you worked through the week, how much the group appreciated you and how much you wanted to offer to the group. Thank you for all that and for working so well with our team and us. And also, you know, that's like, that's an extra gift. You gave us the opportunity to, to talk. We hadn't verbalized all this. And you gave us this other opportunity in another dimension. It keeps on giving, right? The, the, cow, the gift that keeps on giving. And you gave us this opportunity to um, actually, you know, yeah, express, tell the story. So it's beautiful. May this story inspire people believe in good dreams and good realizations and good endings thank you so much it has inspired me a lot and my big dream is at some point maybe also being able to welcome people to a space as beautiful as this and um, what you've created here it's yeah it's a big inspiration and i'm so happy that you shared a little bit of your wisdom and your story with me and with our listeners so thank you thank you thank you very much and thank you sasha i see you i see you as a host of a beautiful place the heart of a beautiful hearty place i see it already thank you Dear friends, this was another episode of the Retreat Affairs podcast, this time with Vivi Letsu and Erat Shakib. If you want to find out more about the two and their businesses, go to their website zenroxmani.com or follow them on Instagram at zenroxmani or on Facebook slash zenroxmaniretreat. You will find all the links in the show notes, as well as all the links to everything that we've mentioned throughout the interview. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google or Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Or head over to YouTube, where you will find us too. Hit that subscribe button and the notification bell to be notified about the next episode. And please give me a chance to ask you for your support. I make the podcast with lots of love and dedication, but it's also quite a bit of work. It would mean the world to me if you could help me to keep this work going. Please consider going to retreataffairs.com where you can leave a little donation or subscribe to get exclusive content that will only be available to members. This will allow me to continue the podcast and bring you more wonderful and inspiring stories like the one you just heard. Thank you for your support and thank you for listening. Until next time, your host, Sasha Kaus. Sasha Kaus